Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's really going on with the Bucks offense and Tom Brady? Well, Tony Romo may have provided some clues during Sunday's broadcast, and a lot of NFL analysts seem to think they know who is to blame. Is this an overreaction to two close losses to the Rams and the Chiefs? And how may COVID-19 change the entire college football playoffs? We've got all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, you know who has the best party planners for your catering in Tampa Bay? Well, that's easy. It's Mr. Empanada. What the heck's an empanada? Well, here's what you do. You take your favorite foods, you place them inside a pocket of homemade dough that is cooked perfectly until it's golden brown and piping hot. Their empanadas are a fresh twist on some old favorites. Now, you can order delicious menu items made from scratch, including soups, salads, and Cuban sandwiches online at MrEmpanada.com or call any one of their seven convenient locations in Tampa Bay where Latin food, quality, and service meet. It's Mr. Empanada. All right, Steve, so uh, we're going to get into a little college football here in a minute and uh, talk about how COVID is changing the landscape of everything uh, with respect to the playoffs and, and things like that. But first, uh, I, I spent some time, um, I guess, on Monday uh, doing some national shows. You know, this is a funny thing is that, uh, you know, when, when you cover a team that has Tom Brady, uh, and I don't know if you turn on, you know, any of the, any of the, uh, you know, the sports shows from, you know, in the morning, get up, NFL Network, ESPN all day. Um, it was Brady, 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 Bucks, 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 Arians, Arians, Arians. You know, this was the big story. Not that Kansas City uh you know is 10 and 1 and that quarterback is headed to the Hall of Fame. I mean, I got to be honest with you. Having watched Patrick Mahomes and I did watch him in the Super Bowl and I thought he was pretty amazing coming back from 10 points down against that defense in San Francisco and I know what he did 2 years ago with the 50 touchdowns and all of that. I'm telling you he's better and getting better every day. It's scary how good he is. But that aside, um and we can talk about him in a minute. It just seemed like everybody wanted to discuss Tom Brady, how the offense is not a good fit for him in Tampa, what's wrong with with Bruce Arians' system, what are they going to do to fix it, and all of that. And you know, and so therefore, um, uh, I did uh, I did a show with Dan Patrick and Doug Gottlieb. Doug Gottlieb, I sound like Charles Barkley. Doug Gottlieb, um, I did a show with him, and so they all asked the same question and. I don't know that I have great answers. I have some insight. Uh, I think what they really want to know is, is there some sort of rift or schism or uh, any kind of animus or anything between Brady and, you know, Bruce Arians? And my quick answer to that, without even hesitating, is no. No. Um, I think they get along just fine. And from what I understand and talking to the people that are around Tom every day, he likes Bruce Arians and he likes playing for Bruce Arians. Okay, now, having said all that, um, you know he didn't he didn't come down here without doing his homework. You know he he we've talked about him being called out and how he would react to that, and you know the people in New England every time Bruce Arians mentions you know Tom Brady misreading a coverage, which apparently never happened in twenty years. He's never misread a coverage or or made a bad throw. Everybody, you know, I get tons of letters and and texts and emails and people. Just can't believe how this guy would call out the goat. Um, I don't think that surprises Tom Brady. He may not like it, but he, I think you know there's probably a part of him that's glad that that he treats Tom the way he treats every other player on the team. And if you make a mistake, he's going to let the media know about it. He doesn't care, and he tells you that, and he always has. So that aside, um, what we're really drilling down to is some things that have been said, and I want to talk about what Tony Romo said during the broadcast because I thought it was fascinating. I didn't have a chance, you know, while I was covering the game to really listen to what, uh, you know, what Tony and Jim Nance had to say. Hello, friends. Um, but it was an anticipated game, and, and um, when the schedules came out, you know, they were looking forward to calling it, and then, of course, the game starts. 
And Romo mentions pretty early on in the telecast that he had talked to Brady during the week, which is not unusual because the networks are, especially the national games, you know, if it's the, the, the number one crew, but really any crew, um, very often has production meetings. Now they do it remotely, usually by Zoom. Sometimes, like you saw, Chris Collinsworth came out there early when they had a Sunday night game. He was out there on Friday. But they they, they talk and meet with coaches, and they meet with certain players. And, of course, you would expect them because they've had long relationships. I mean, how many games did Jim Nance do uh, of the New England Patriots, you know, uh, on that network? So he obviously has a relationship with Brady, as does Romo. And so he mentions during the broadcast that, um, you know, uh, I, I, you know, that he talked to, to Brady leading up to the game. But then he goes on to say what he thinks, which seems awfully close to probably what Tom thinks, I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard to disguise, you know, uh, what he's saying. But, again, a lot of this stuff we've heard and we've even talked about on this podcast um, – and he starts by saying stuff like, you know, where's the play action stuff to give him time? Everything's a drop back. The screen game hasn't been great. It's like all this stuff that's easy for quarterbacks. They don't have much of it. And he goes, just talking to him. I sit here and watch the tape. Now he's away from talking to him. And I'm watching an offense that's very different from his. And the one concern I have is they're throwing a lot. They're throwing it down the field. People talk about, well, he's throwing the ball great. He's throwing some of the most difficult balls of his career right now. He's completing a lot of them, but then they go through stretches where they don't and teams are playing coverage and they're daring you to run the ball and you're not running the ball. So all the things that have been, we've discussed and that other people have discussed, apparently Jim Nance suddenly now has this religion and is on board after talking to Tom Brady about it. <laughs> so uh, I think it's fair to say that there's some frustration uh, and we've seen it. We've seen it. You know, Tom is not one to hide his, his emotions to say the very least, during games. And, you know, when you're not producing, um, you know, the, these sort of things come up. So I don't know. I, I, I mean, we can get into what what uh, what the problems are. And I think, and you watch the game, Steve. I mean, if you, if you watch the Bucks play in this offense, and it doesn't matter whether Jameis Winston was quarterbacking or anybody else, you're asking guys to make very difficult plays. You're asking, you know, down the field for for receivers to track deep balls. You're asking them for win on to win on routes, which is their job. I get it. Um, you're asking the offensive line to block more than they have staying in. I mean, you always have five offensive linemen. These teams know they can bring six or seven or whatever, and you only got five. So that leaves a hot route. That leaves a if you don't keep it back in, which which Arians rarely does, you've got a disadvantage in protection which puts pressure on the quarterback. So it is a difficult offense, and it's one that does create a lot of big plays and does create a lot of points. But, I I mean, it's not unrealistic to think that, you know, that Brady would struggle with it. Here's the problem. We're in week 12 already. We've already got – we just, you know, completed the 12th week of the season, right? They're 7-5, and five, if my math is correct. Mm-hmm. It's not getting any better. Well, and, and let me play devil's advocate for a minute, and, yeah. and part of this too. What's the one thing the teams do on a bye week? Well, they usually examine, you know, they self scout. They self scout all that. Yeah, the Bucks haven't had a chance to do that yet this year. They this is not. the latest bye week in NFL history for the the Panthers and the Bucks. Yeah, that did them no favors this year on a new offense, no. or not new off new quarterback, new scheme, no off season, no preseason. And it's taken them till week thirteen before they get to self scout. Now, I think you know some of the self scouting is rather apparent. You know, Tom Brady doesn't get there's there's no motion in the offense before the snap, so he has no idea. He's reading the defenses on the fly, as you as you've talked about. The play action isn't working because you're not running the ball. My biggest problem with this offense is there's never an easy out. On, or I shouldn't say never. Oftentimes, there's no easy outs on plays. There's no check downs that's going to be open for you. The running back out of the backfield or a tight end cutting across the middle when that deep route's covered, not there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that it's, it truly is no risk it, no biscuit. It's I'm either going for the deep ball or it's second and 10. Now you're there's behind a lot the sticks. Of that. And, and I think, you know, you early know. in the games, particularly early in the games, there's a lot of three and outs, which. 
two things. Mm-hmm. The other team is going down to scoring, and your defense is not is not getting any rest because you're going three and out, put them right back on the field again. And all of a sudden you're down 10 nothing, 17 nothing, 28 nothing to the Saints. The better teams are getting on top of them. It's funny mm-hmm. because when the season started, they were they outscored their opponents 31 to nothing in the first mm-hmm. quarter. Now it's flipped and they've been outscored 52 to 7 in the last four games in the first quarter. And you're right, there's been too many three and outs and they and they've done poorly on third down. The weird thing about this last game was they had extremely makeable third downs, third mm-hmm. and six, third and two, third and three, third and three, and they didn't convert any but one of them. And you know, uh you know, you're seeing teams blitzing them and forcing them to hit the hot receiver. And we talked about the lack of continuity and there was a play um you know, early in that game where they have Antonio Brown in the backfield, you know, he's set up as a running back and he's not going to run the football. So he, he goes out into the flat in motion and a ball snap and you got a safety, you got a blitz coming and they're playing basically like cover zero and Brady's looking for him to turn around out in the flat, you know, like I've got, it's, you're the hot, you're the hot receiver. And, he turned, He never looks back. He turns it up the field, so Brady just has to chuck it down the field, and it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. But he had to get the ball out of his hands because they got they don't have anybody to block. You know, like he just circled out of the backfield. Um, so that's a lack of continuity. That's a lack. You know, I mean, if they had if they had had an off season together, if they had had OTAs together, they would have run that particular blitz look a hundred times. Well, that, well particularly because you know Antonio Brown's not going to block anybody back there. Right. He's, yeah, exactly. But, you know, he exactly. He would have known what his keys were, and if he right. saw the safety coming down, coming downhill, he would have known to turn and be the hot and all of that. But, again, you added another element late into the season where they haven't worked together very much, probably in that formation hardly mm-hmm. at all. And so it ended up, you know, it was like Vince, I sat on a damn pad, he was like Vince Vaughn. Hot route, hot route, like in the wedding crashes. What do you mean? I don't know what that. I don't know what that means. And so, you know, that's the sort of thing. And and yeah, the three and outs are definitely getting them. The slow starts are getting them. Um, you know, teams. And, and this was a you know this is a criticism of Romo's and others is that, you know, when you don't have people in motion, um, you don't get those pre snap clues. You know, if if I bring Gronk across, back across. If I bring Mike Evans and then back across. I'll, they have to declare if they're in man-to-man or zone. They're going to move. They're going to do something. You'll know if it's a safety. You'll know if it's a, a you know, a, a specific guy that's going to going to you know travel with them. Um, and, and so those little those little clues help you if if they're just if you're just getting a a stagnant photo, you know, just a snapshot pre-snap, and that's all you got, and they don't give anything away. Well, then you're having to read everything after the snap. And and believe me, Tom Brady is very capable of that. He sees the rotation and he, you know, he understands what's happening. But everyone on but the field has to be able to read it at that rate. But everyone, there you go. Everyone else has to know what's going The offensive what the line has to. The, the receivers the, have to. The running exactly backs. Exactly right. It's not just and, Brady. And, no. And as, as Tony Romo succinctly put it, he goes, look, Tom Brady is used to one guy going down the field and having three guys underneath. Now it's three guys going down the field and one guy underneath to check it to. Mm-hmm. And that's a vast difference. You know, I mean, that's a major difference. And so what happens is, and you saw it in the game again, you know, against um, the Chiefs, and I credit the Chiefs for the game plan they had. They hit them often, and they hit them hard. You know, um, he throws one ball that's actually a good ball to Mike Evans that Mike didn't track that should have been a completion. Mm-hmm. He got to absolutely plant it on that throw, you know. And he take he's taking some hits early, and no quarterback wants to get hit, much less a forty three year old. And and Brady is at the point of his career where like he knows you know he if he's going to win he's got to stay healthy, so he can't sit back there and just get get ripped. And so he'll throw the ball away when he when he has a chance. But it's just been you know it's been obvious that that there is um less than expediency to try now. If you talk to Arians. And he's talked to a lot of people, including us. He'll he'll tell you, well, Tom's picking the plays. You know, we sit down with Tom. We 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 you know on the sidelines and during the game and you know before the game and like he you know he he gets to choose the plays he wants. But you know what that's like to me? That's like saying, you know what? Here's the menu, right? I'm going to give you the menu. Now you pick what you want to eat. But but it might be Chinese tonight, or it might be Mexican. You know, like. 
it may not be the steak and potatoes that I want, but I'll, I get to choose the menu items. You know what I mean? Like, so if it's not something you, you know, if it's not the way you would order it, (laughs) um, maybe it's a bad analogy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not your offense. You're picking from somebody else's offense. And instead of them making that menu, what you want it to be. Um, and, and look, all I know is this, it, this offense has, has been successful in the past. Um, and, and it's been around for a long time and a lot of teams have used it and won with it. And a lot of quarterbacks have struggled their first year. And then the second year you see the interceptions come down. I mean, Brady will be what, like the fifth quarterback in his first season in this offense to set a career record for, for interceptions, most likely. And he'll probably throw for more yards than he's, he's going to break the franchise record for touchdowns. He's going to do a lot of great things numerically, um, but it's about winning the game. It's not about putting up stats. Um, and so th- there's a lot that has to happen. Now, you know, the other part of this is that Byron Leftwich is the offensive coordinator. It's not Bruce Arians. It's Bruce Arians' offense. But Byron Leftwich is basically, he's he's in charge of the offense. He's in charge of the meetings. He's the one that scripts the plays. He's the one that works with Brady. And, you know, for the most part, I think he does it pretty much by himself. I mean, I'm not saying that he doesn't get input uh, from B.A. I'm not saying that, you know, B.A.'s not ever happened by a meeting once in a while, but it's Byron's baby. And Byron Leftwich, as great of a guy as he is, and, and I – I love the guy. I covered him as a player. He's a phenomenal person and a really smart dude. And he was a good quarterback of his own right and has plenty of experience that you know he see he's one of the rare guys in the NFL because there's very few of these guys that actually, you know, are coordinators that played the position in the NFL. I mean, it's different to stand over there on the sideline and tell a quarterback what to do. You never saw the game from their vantage point in the NFL. But here's a guy that saw it from that vantage point in the NFL. And and so he knows he knows it very well, and he knows this offense. But it's it's the only offense pre- predominantly that he understands, and it's only his second year. I mean, this is the thing; he's a new coach in this league. You know what I'm saying? And he's not a guy that, um, you know, he, I mean, he resisted coaching to begin with. I mean, I think Bruce talked him into going to Arizona to play golf, and and said, "Come by and see what you think." And he got he got hooked and. He ended up on Bruce's staff. Then when Bruce left, he was on, um, you know, still there uh, under a new head coaching staff, and Mike McCoy got fired as a coordinator, and he called Mike McCoy's plays and Mike McCoy's offense for eight games, and then he came to Tampa. And last year was his first year, really, um, as, as an offensive coordinator installing what he wants to do. And it resulted in a quarterback leading the league in, in yards passing, and also interceptions with 30, 30. So, you know, there's, there's, look, when you lose, this is what happens in the NFL. And it's week to week. We know that. But against the better defenses, they've struggled. And they've struggled early in games. And they've struggled and done nothing to help their defense. And we could do a whole show on the defense, by the way, especially against the Chiefs. And, and, and I think what people are missing too, Steve, is that the Rams and Chiefs are good. Yeah, I know the Rams, you know, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, had four turnovers or whatever yesterday against the 49ers who seem to have their number, um, even when they're not playing that well and they got a bunch of injuries. But at the end of the day, you know, the Bucks have lost to division leaders is who they've lost to. They've lost to the Saints twice. They've lost to the Rams, who at the time were leading their division. And then they've lost, and we'll see what happens to Seattle uh, as we're doing this podcast on Monday night. And and they've lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, who are the Super Bowl champions and ten and one, by the way. Okay, may not lose another game, so they lost by a field goal. There's a lot of good teams that will lose by more than a field goal. So I would say just you know temper the uh, you know the sky is falling sort of routine. But there's there's some things here they got to fix. Well, I mean, I'm, they, I'm they, gonna go back to because I think it's interesting. That you're saying Byron Leftwich is doing this all on his own calling plays. Well, I yes, that's what I believe. So I I I, I mean I know BA has the play sheet and I know I know as BA has told me, we see the game the same way. But he's also told me, and make no mistake about this, he told the Glazers when he was hired, I'm not calling plays. Well, that was my point of the Glazers hired him 
in part because they thought he was going to call plays. And, and well, you, you've documented this pretty well, that there was a lot of conversations, and he convinced them that this was going to be the right thing. Yes. Initially, they believed. But I think all of us. That he would be the play caller. But before they hired him, it wasn't mm-hmm. like he baited and switched them. No, 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 no. Like no. I, I'm not saying say, Oh, that. by the way. They actually had a conversation, as Bruce told me. Oh, it, it was a conversation now. They were not too thrilled with the, with the idea that he wouldn't. He convinced them, however. That but this I, was what he needed. But I he think all of us, I think all of us assumed in that, and mm-hmm. maybe that's our mistake, that right. he was still going to be heavily involved in it. Yeah, and I, I mean, again, to say he's not involved right. or heavily, I don't know how you measure heavily. Sure, what I would sure. just say is that 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 he lets his coaches coach, and you know, when you're sort of the CEO type. You you wander into all the meetings, right? And, and mm-hmm. of course, he's going to lean and gravitate towards the quarterback and towards the the offensive meeting room and stuff like that. But he also keeps his distance in terms of like he wants Byron mm-hmm. to to run the offense, and so Byron is running the meetings. Byron is script, you know, he's doing the scripts. He's 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 the one putting together the game plan with, I'm sure, plenty of help from Harold Goodwin, who's the run game coordinator, and others. Clyde Christensen, I would imagine, would have input of some kind. But for the most part, like, yeah. I mean, Byron Leftwich, um, who's not as old as Tom Brady, uh, whether that matters or not, I don't know. But, you know, he's he's the guy. He's the dude. So if something's going to change, and I'm not saying, you know, Bruce says, hey, we're going to run more play action mm-hmm. or we're going we're gonna to do more motion. I mean, you know, I'm sure Byron would incorporate that. Um, we asked Bruce Arians about play action, for example. I mean, Tom Brady was four out of five in play action in that game for like 83 yards and a touchdown. Four out of five. I mean, he's great at play action. And when we asked Bruce about it, he goes, well, you can't run play action when you're down 17 to nothing. Why not? What do you mean? Why not? You know, the shot he hit to Gronkowski that helped get him back in the game down the middle of the field? Play action. You were down 17 to nothing. So you ran it and it worked. So why only five times? And one of those a kneel down. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I I just think that you know, there's a there's a lot um, there's a lot of smoke, right? And usually where there's smoke, there's fire. I've heard too many people on national TV, especially commentators, especially guys like Romo uh, and others. Um, you know, Dan Orlowski, who I. I mean, I don't think he has any relationship with Tom Brady or any reason other than what he sees. He's been on this for weeks, you know, that this is a state offense. And look, and I think, you know, Bruce Arian said this to us on Monday. He goes, I, I, you know, I was in Indianapolis. Peyton Manning didn't like motion. We didn't run motion ever. How did he do? And that's been a few years now, you know. Um, and again, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. And I think, if you have a really smart quarterback, and I think Brady's one, I think he'll get this. It just, you know, again, people minimize the fact that that he, you know, he did not have an off season, he did not have training camp, and he's a guy that likes to throw a ton of footballs, like loves it. And I think he was intrigued and interested, and still is, in learning a new offense, in you know, a quarterback-driven offense, and one where he gets to throw the ball a lot. I think he liked all of that. But now that the that you know, now that they're in the real thing. And you're going three and out, three and out, three and out. Maybe not so much. Maybe there needs to be some adjustments. And I just don't know, you know, if they're going to make them or make them fast enough. Now, you look at the four opponents they're playing. Although I, I would say this, Minnesota, if they beat Jacksonville on Sunday, they're coming in here with five out of six wins, and they're going to be right in the playoff hunt, right with the Bucks. But the other teams, Atlanta. Well, the Falcons are playing up. better. I mean, they just whip the Raiders. They whipped the Raiders, and that's that's Raw beating Coach Grew because he knows Coach Grew so well, and he he did them. So, yeah, they're playing very well. They they should they've lost two games since Raw took over. They should have lost one. Um, they got obliterated. Uh, you know, I don't know how many times New Orleans sacked Matt Ryan about nine times, I think. Uh, but New Orleans, New Orleans has the number one defense in the NFL. I think yeah, I saw the stat really for the good. first time since two thousand eight. How crazy is that? Yeah, how crazy is that? So. Yeah, Atlanta still Atlanta can Atlanta in their worst years. Atlanta gives the Bucks fits and usually splits with them mm-hmm. in the worst years. And then you've got um, you know Minnesota, Atlanta twice, and then Detroit, which I think is a train wreck. 
you know, I even even if you have to go in Detroit on we now Saturday, the day after Christmas. It's the day after Christmas at one p.m. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thrilled to take that flight. I guess you're. I guess you're day. flying Christmas night. <laughs> yeah, I'm really. Well, there's not even a night flight okay, and unless well, you want afternoon, connect, whatever. Which I don't. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually late morning. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, my kids are up at six, so I'll get a good three and a half, four hours with them. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, that that's, might be all the sleep you get the night before too. Yeah, exactly. Well. Um, fortunately I don't rap and I don't rap presents either, but I don't rap. So yeah, it's, it's just, you know, this is going to be the story until something changes and that something could be as simple as, Hey, they go out there in two weeks and they, they play Minnesota and Tom Brady throws for 360 yards and four touchdowns and they just beat the living crap out of the Vikings. And everybody's like, Whoa. That's a pretty good football team. You just destroyed them. And then they go play Atlanta, and they beat the heck out of them. And then they, you know, and so on. And if it goes like that, um, you know, and they finish. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, they're still going to probably, most likely, barring a ton of injuries or different, weird things that happen, they're going to win 10 or 11 games. Well, how many games did everybody pick them to win before the season started? Maybe 12. Really? I, I didn't, but but that I, would there, be the there upside. Were, there were right? I mean, that, that would saying, be the highest. You know, yeah, there were some saying twelve and four. The general prediction was what I mean, they were 10, saying. You 11? could win the NFC South, which was going to take at least twelve. Yeah. I don't know that many people picked them to win. I'm not the saying NFC many, South. but they were definitely a possibility to win the NFC South. Oh, it was. South. They were contenders for yeah. the South, but everybody favored who? New Orleans. New Orleans. And New Orleans is going to win the division, which means most of the predictions are going to come true. New Orleans is going to be better than Tampa this year. They're going to win the division. The Bucks are still going to probably go to the playoffs, win 10, maybe 11 games. Mm-hmm. That's right where I think most people would have said when you got the schedule and you'd gone win-loss, 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 it's probably you probably would have had them losing to the Chiefs. Yes. You might have had them beating the Rams. I get that. You probably would have had them splitting or maybe losing two to the Saints. I don't know if you had them lose. But the first game. First game you were you know, losing. You probably were going to lose because there was no offseason. There was no training camp, all that. Nobody saw them getting obliterated. But they haven't been. It's not like maybe you lose. You know, the, maybe you lose to Green Bay. Maybe you lo- lose in Vegas. Yeah, but at know. Chicago, not knowing what Trubisky was going to be at the time, or or mm-hmm. Nick Foles was playing. That that's a pretty good defense. I think that's the one that'll come back and haunt them. By the way, because I think Chicago is yep. not a good football team. But having said all of that, they're about where they should be. Mm-hmm. Now we'll see how the final month goes. But there is a lot of angst, and it's because it's Brady, and it's because the window. You know, he's so small, right? He's 43. He has a two-year deal. It's this year and next year. Now, is it reasonable to think that if they come back and load this back up next year and let's say God God help us all for a lot of reasons, not just sports, that, that there's vaccines and we get a handle on COVID to the point where they can have a training camp next August or a preseason even or whatever that, that shape that takes, don't we think that they would all be better in Brady's second year than his first? Absolutely, ever, absolutely. Right. Particularly yeah, with a, this off season, right? With a, with a whole off season, so maybe he doesn't win the Super Bowl this year. Okay, only one team can. But what if they go to the playoffs and win a win a playoff game or two? And that's that's real progress. That's a, that's a lot of stuff that has gone well for them, especially the last month of the year. Um, you know, a franchise that hasn't been in the playoffs in twelve seasons. You know, they may go to Green Bay or Seattle. What if they knock off somebody there? They're probably not going to be the fifth seed, so they probably won't go to Philly or whoever wins that division. But, you know, it's not unrealistic to think they could win a playoff game if they have a good last month of the year and they're they're a hot team. So there's a lot on the table still. But I just think it's interesting that this is this is really starting to bubble now because that's what we do. <laughs> We talk. Well, we talk and, about, and particularly, it's going to bubble a lot this week because you're not going to have practices. You're not going to have no Zoom games. calls. You're not going to have a game to prepare for. Mm-hmm. So that's where the conversation turns. Yeah, and and they're going to have to. And you know, and the great thing is, my sense is that Bruce Arians could care less. <laughs> he he absolutely. You know, it's cool having. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of head coaches. You know, you constantly ask them questions about their core. I don't know how many questions I've asked about Byron, about this or that. And there starts to be an annoyance part, right, where you're just like, okay, enough already. You know, and I'm sure Bruce has his limits too. But expects it, confident, 
been through it before. <laughs> it doesn't waver. Um, now, I don't. I don't. I think we're naive to think they're not going to continue to make adjustments. I, I do believe that Byron Leftwich wants to put Brady in the best positions, and I, mm-hmm. I do think that you know this is a good time for them to, to you know to to look at everything they've done and where they've struggled and what they're not doing well. Here's another question that I think is fair to ask, and I didn't get to ask it on the Zoom today, um, on on Monday, but should they have taken all these days off? Should they not have practiced? Would they not have benefited from that? What do you mean? This week? Yeah. Uh, collective bargaining, you can't. Well, no, you can practice some. Well, you, you have not? you have to have, I don't know if it's you five have or so seven days, days off. whatever, in a and row. I, know I believe it's got to be in a row, were, too. Right, like four or five days. I think it's got to be four in a row. But you could have. Look, no, the I, facilities I thought it was more are, than that, but you, you might be right. Okay, regardless. What if it's one or two days? The, the yeah. facilities are closed to uh, Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. To, uh, Monday and today. So that was ordered by the NFL because of all that went wrong with COVID, and they just wanted to just everybody get out of there. Okay, so you do have to have days off. But I think they could have squeezed in a practice or two. In other words, I think it's legal. I could, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I had, I had some coaches tell me that, yeah, we could have practiced some. Okay. So See, if, I, if I'm them, if I, if I'm them – particularly with the NFL closing the offices Monday, Tuesday. I want them away as quick as possible and then back as soon as they can. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want the practice before you left. I wouldn't want the practice before you left. I'd want it on the back end. When your coaching staff has done yourself scouting, yourself evaluating. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three days go by, four days. Let's say four days. I wouldn't want to practice Monday, Tuesday first and then go. I would Right, 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 right. Let's say it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday they're off. Let's say they come in for two days, Friday and Saturday, and then they're off Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and come back Wednesday. Like you could give them big mm-hmm. chunks, right? And mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is, four or five days, whatever they require by the CBA. I don't know. I mean, they, but, they but, keep... but but the other part of this is is where's the team at mentally? Not well, just not phys- just phys- and physically, physically too. I mean, because it's hard to practice without actually running right. and doing things. Like, what are you really getting out of it? You know. But you know, if if they really just need a mental break after twelve straight weeks of no break. You know, and that's the longest in NFL history. Then you, maybe you want to give them a little more time, right? I mean, th- there's a lot of veterans on this team, and, and I know you have to weigh that because there's guys that don't mm-hmm. practice anyway. I mean, Damakon Sue, JPP. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of dudes that just they don't just practice. They don't practice. I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing what JPP has done, but he knows how to prepare himself each week, and he's got you know knee issues and this and that, um, and they just know how to get ready. And Bruce is great at that. Bruce is great at giving the veterans their, their time off and getting them, letting them get themselves prepared for Sunday. And they're up on the game plan and they know what to do. And when the game starts, they ball out. So all of that is pretty cool. Um, but I'm just saying it's fair to ask that, you know, if Antonio Brown doesn't know when he's supposed to be hot, you know, maybe now would be a good time to throw that a few times. And, and, and it might not be the whole team. It might just be, you know, receivers or running backs. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 and again, each coach has to weigh his own team. He has to weigh their mental, like you said, their, where are they at mentally. Here's the weird thing, though. They got nothing else to do. This is COVID. You can't, you can't travel. You can't go away. You, as far as I know, you still have to stay in the protocol. Otherwise, it's going to take you a week to get back in it. So, hell, you might as well be in there doing something. Well, I'm sure Tom Brady's going to be at Berkeley Prep, isn't he? Well, I'm not going out there. <laughs> I don't know if he's there. Somebody could tell me because I'm not. I'm not going to make that trek again. Um, I don't know where he'll be. I'll bet it be. I'll bet he'll be at. Uh, you know, in I, I know he was doing some Zoom meetings. I mean, he couldn't be at the facility. You know, on Monday or Tuesday today, so he won't be there at least those days. If I know Tom Brady, and this is the thing about Brady, he's not discouraged. You know what I mean? Understand that these guys, like Brady, Manning, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, they're going to fight this to the end. They love people doubting them. They really do. It is so much fuel to their fire, it's unbelievable. Like, not that he would watch all these shows, but he's probably watched all these shows. And so, you know, this is, I'm not saying, you know, it's good for him, but this is not something that will bother him in, in terms of it'll just, you know, 
go ahead and tell him he's not going to pull this out, that he's not going to make this work, that he's not going to get in the playoffs, and if he does, he's not going to win. Well, and he also knows that it's not how you play in week 12 and 13. Exactly. It's how you play in week 18, which is the playoffs. You're right. You're right. It's get to the playoffs. Granted, you'd like to yeah. have home field and let sure. the you know the conference championship come through your city, your field, but right. it's get in the playoffs and then play well at that point. That's exactly right. And he has said, and I heard him talk to Jim Gray about this. Jim Gray goes, when does the season begin, Tom? And he goes, season begins Thanksgiving. <laughs> begins after Thanksgiving. And that's it. I mean, all the games count the same, but you're running out of them. And it's not until after Thanksgiving that teams really start to position themselves. And unfortunately for the Bucks, that's the they've, they've lost the two games. They lost the game after Thanksgiving. And so, you know, it's their first losing streak of the year. Um, they hadn't lost two in a row all year. So we'll see. We'll see what they come back with. But um, I don't think Tony Romo, you know, after talking to Tom Brady, is merely just pointing this out. I think there's a there's an understanding and a frustration that's been expressed. Um, and it's being expressed by a lot of people, but that, you know, they need to move closer to what Tom Brady wants to do with this offense. And they need to get there fast. And... They can't change personnel. I mean, you can't go out, you know, and, and hire Deion Lewis um, or some back to catch the ball of the backfield, but you're going to have to figure out something. And uh, there were some plays, though, and Roma pointed this out. You know, uh, there were some checks and some plays that you could hear him call out um, that looked like the Patriots' offense. You know, the, the shot down to Gronkowski in the scene. You know, we've seen him run that play a million times. You know, Um there, there were some plays there. Ronald Jones's play, you know. Uh, there, there was a number of them that look familiar. And they just have to get, you know, do a little bit more of it maybe. And just start better. I mean, the, the, man, the, the, the three and outs are just killing them. And, and I, I credit their defense, which, you know, that game plan, I mean, Tyree Kill one-on-one is not. I wonder this, Steve, which ones did they say, no, that'll never work? And then went with that. <laughs> I mean, if you put them all on the board, right? Uh, we double so and so. We double so. We double Tyreek Hill. No, that'll never work. We do. And, and so hey, what? Everybody wanted was, press man out of this defense. Yeah, but geez, <laughs> who does that? Right? Not against. And Hill. Mahomes even said after the game, he goes, "Now that wasn't our game plan, but I mean, if you're going to single cover him, we're going to take our shots." <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> they were unbelievable throws too. By the way, oh, I, I felt sorry for Carlton Davis because he didn't. It wasn't like he was like completely overmatched, right? He no. Was, I mean, Tyreek Tyreek Hill uh, Tyreek Hill is just fast. I mean the right? one I mean, the one double move that Winfield yeah. was late getting over and I had no chance. You know that one with no chance, but the other ones, I mean, the other ones he was in position to get his head around, but they were like perfect throws, like mm-hmm. they dropped right over his shoulder yeah. in, into the bucket, like they were just you know, and he just backing up. By the way, zinging it like it was crazy. Um, so look, I've never seen a guy at two hundred yards receiving in the first quarter. Never seen it. And, of course, I've never seen a guy get 269 in a game because that's a club record. I can think of all the Sterling Sharps and the Jerry Rices and the Andre Rice and all the people that used to just torture them, you know, the Julio mm-hmm. Jones. No one's ever done what Tyree Kill did that night or that day. It's crazy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, speaking of crazy, we'll talk more about the Bucks all week, I'm sure. Um... How about college football? How about maybe the best team in the country? Maybe Ohio State may not be eligible. Hey, to compete. We all know they were scared to play Illinois. <laughs> yeah, they were. <laughs> Lovey's on a roll now. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, Dabo's called it. If you if you cancel a game, it's because you're scared. Right. It's got nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Well, it has everything to do with COVID and. But it is, I mean, it, how about, I mean, what a development that will be, right? Well, Maybe and, your and, Bearcats will get in. Well, here's the thing is, and well, although Ohio State 
so let's assume they, they don't play Michigan State this Saturday, which in the Big Ten, first of all, anybody who gets COVID has to set out 21 days, so it's three weeks. So the players are missing the rest of the regular season. Any right. player who's already got it. If they get it this week, they're missing the Big Ten championship game or whatever. Don't forget, people forget that the Big Ten, so they scheduled eight games. So everyone yep. has eight scheduled. In week right. nine, the Big Ten championship game goes on, but every team plays that week. They're playing a ninth game based on the second team in the East plays the second team in the West, and the third team in the East plays the third team in the West. Although I don't think you can repeat, so if you played someone in a crossover, but I don't know the exact rules. So if Ohio State doesn't play this week but does play Michigan, and that's in up in the air now because Michigan has paused team activities based on some uh, preliminary test results. Right. Ohio State would be 5-0, and but they would get to play that sixth game that week, presumably. And it might be against Wisconsin, who can't make the Big Ten championship game either. Right, they're ineligible, yeah. So if Ohio State's 6-0, and while they didn't win the Big Ten championship, but they beat Wisconsin, who's viewed as a very good team, mm-hmm. could they still get in the, the college football playoff? It's crazy. Now, yeah, I, but Ohio I, State I, I may mean, not play another game the rest of the season at this point. I mean, it, well, that's the thing. No Big and, Ten and team is, has gone. No Big Ten team has missed a week and come back and played the next week when it was their COVID test. They've missed right. everyone's missed two games, so presumably they're going to miss this Big Ten, the Michigan State game this week. And I, I don't know that for certain, but you're presuming based on the Big Ten's rules and protocols, and they're a lot more strict than the SEC and ACC and everybody else. Mm-hmm. So. At most, they get five games. But if Michigan can't play against Ohio State the next week, they may have four games. Are you going to yeah. put them in at four zero? No, I don't think you can. Uh, but the eye test, but the the, the committee can the use the eye test, test says, too. But I mean, so four games, really? I, you know, it's, it's I mean, why crazy. not just just? I mean, it's a crazy year, and it's one that we'll never see again. And if the object well, is to get the, the get the right, no, hopefully they get the, the best teams. They're one of the best teams. I don't even yeah. doubt about that. But why play any games? You know, like there has mm-hmm. to be a minimum somewhere. It wasn't it wasn't everybody else's fault that the Big Ten decided to start late or and I'm not even saying it was the Big Ten's fault. Maybe they did the right thing and everybody else was wrong. But regardless, um there's been teams that have been playing a lot longer than that and might have a bigger body of work, um, regardless of the fact yeah. that they may lose to Ohio State if they played them yeah. and everybody yeah, knows. Take a it. Texas A and M or a Cincinnati or yeah, you know, assuming those teams went out, Florida with two losses, but their losses to be Texas A and M and Alabama. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a crazy. I mean, this is this is the year maybe you want them to expand to eight or sixteen teams. Although right. with COVID, that do probably it doesn't make sense because no, that just adds to. Yeah. to the possibility of cancellations and network TVs. And how about how about though? I mean, as crazy as that is, right? It's clear to me that the NFL now will play on any day or morning or afternoon. <laughs> Waiting it's all day for Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday afternoon football, right? I've been waiting all day for Wednesday afternoon. Oh, my goodness. What a tangled web we weave, right? I mean, it has just become nuts. And, and this is the thing, you know. Well, and Denver playing without a quarterback. We haven't even talked about Denver that Denver without a quarterback. Like, the, and, But here's the thing. like They have told these teams, and I've read the memos, Look, if you're not following everything, and mm-hmm. we mean everything, if you're sitting in meetings and you don't have masks on, if you're not separated, if you're not doing every protocol we've laid out and they keep adding to them and making them more punishable by fines, and now we've seen, you know, we yeah, haven't talked Saints about this. The New Orleans Saints lost the seventh-round draft pick and got fined half a million dollars in principle because mm-hmm. Jameis Winston ate some W's yeah. in the locker room and they all started dancing around without masks on. I didn't know W's were so expensive. They're, yeah, they're a lot. They're really that was a costly W. That was a really costly W. In fact, it's half his salary, which I don't think they'll make him pay. Um, by the way, I don't think they can. How do you think? How do you think James? Huh? I don't think they can make him pay. No, it's not his. It's a, yeah. it's a team fine. I'm just saying. Yeah. But but how do you think James felt the other day, out there in Denver, watching a guy who had never played quarterback from a practice squad and Taysom Hill who didn't throw many pass. I think, what was there, like nine passes thrown? I don't even know how many passes. He's standing over there watching football from like the 1940s, right, thinking, I can't get on this field? <laughs> what? You guys don't like quarterbacks anymore? I mean, it's crazy, right, that they played a game with no quarterbacks. I, I still don't believe that. And I know, I know why they're doing it. It's to send a message and the point of – they don't care, you know. Well, it's it's you know, had it been any other position, no one would have batted an eye. But that's the most right. important position in football. 
by far. Right. Right. I mean, you know, I look, as a Bucks fan, granted I don't think the Saints were going to lose to the Broncos if they had everybody on the roster available. But as a yeah. Bucks fan, you're like, how's that fair? We're well, compi- yeah. we're competing I mean, for a division there. and they're going out and playing yeah. You know, a team without a quarterback? Come on. You had to, and, and if you're the Bucks, you had to beat Jeff Driscoll. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was one of their better games um, defensively. So, you know, Shaq Barrett had two sacks. No, I get it. It's, it's, uh, it doesn't seem like much of a, and it's not a good product, right? It's just, it's just not. But this goes to show you that they are interested in what? Finishing the season, getting through it. Crowning a champion, playing the Super Bowl, fans, no fans. We're going to get through this. We're but gonna but here's, the, here's the thing with the Denver thing, and this is what – if they waited till today, Tuesday, to play that game, several yeah. of those quarterbacks could have been eligible, depending on how the tests were. Because at the time, they, they were, it was contract, contact yeah. tracing that was taking them out. You're pushing right. Baltimore-Pittsburgh back. Why aren't you pushing yes. that game back? And well, that's, I think the, that's the part I, I mean. Well, I, here's why. Here's why I think there's a difference mm-hmm. is that they're not blaming what occurred in Baltimore or uh, and or Pittsburgh on on players that were just negligent okay. or on an organization that was negligent. Right. They're, they're just saying, look, COVID happened. We understand there was positive, And then we understand that we have to do tracing and we have to do quarantining to some extent. Um, but they're not they're not assigning like with this one. They're like, hey. But we told you, this is on you. The big question is, will they ever get to a point where they just tell a team, you're forfeiting? Like, you've been so egregiously, you know, not following mm-hmm. protocol that we're not even going to try to reschedule this. You're just forfeit. I don't think that'll happen because it's probably a give back for the network or something like that. Um, do you see, by the way, why that game is on Wednesday afternoon? Well, I didn't know. I mean, I know it was supposed to be, you know, what, Thursday, yeah, well, and then it was going to be Sunday, times, and then it was going to be Tuesday. Being, yeah, the reason it's being played in the afternoon is because the network is committed to the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree lighting ceremony. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> hey, you can't, get, you can't get in the way of that. I mean, Lord knows we need oh, that in man. 2020. <laughs> Where are our priorities? We need some normalcy in 2020. <laughs> Where have our priorities gone? Football or the Christmas tree lighting in Rockefeller Center? Oh, my goodness. I'm all for afternoon football. I think we could be onto something. Well, I thought it was weird they were going to play that game at one fifteen on Sunday initially when they moved it, right yeah. opposite the CBS Fox window. I was like, that seems bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I would yeah. have thought their first move would have put it to Monday early, like they've done before. With like they've done games. before, yeah. You know, and, and to do a double header on Monday night, essentially, although two different I've networks. But yeah, but yeah, so that was a little weird too, but. I've seen it on every day of the week. I think I think we can possibly now have football on every day of the week. If we could just do, you know, we've done Thursday. We need a Friday game. Say, maybe. Have we done some Fridays? or I don't know if we've done Friday. We need some Fridays. Have they done that around any time with Christmas or anything? You know, depending on if Christmas what falls about on a Friday. I mean, Friday is traditionally Sunday. High if Christmas falls on a Sunday, everything moves, what, to Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Usually Christmas Eve and that, so. Yeah, done some Christmas Eve games, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did a Christmas Eve game one time in uh, Cleveland. I'm sorry. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I, you got got to go back and read that game story. That was a beauty. We were on we were on a plane by seven o'clock on Christmas Eve. I want to say that baby that baby was filed early. Thankfully, they uh, they obliged and lost quickly <laughs> to the to the Cleveland Browns. So, hey, uh, how about tomorrow? Since I know you guys have a lot of questions, especially after listening to this uh, rambling. Uh, podcast um (laughs) submit them to us uh we'll answer any questions about the lightning the bucks mikhail sergachev has been signed by the lightning we haven't mentioned that that happened we didn't mention him yeah so he signs a deal uh lightning now a couple million over the salary cap at this point still need to sign chernak and sorelli as far as restricted free agents go yeah so they're you know still looking to move some players although uh julian brisebois says he's confident he'll be able to move players so I'm sure he's got some good ones to move if they got if they don't have any no trade clauses. Yeah, so so Breezeball is, is busy. We still don't know about Blake Snell. Who knows if that that situation will come down or not, but we'll follow that. But you can ask us any of those questions also uh, about the Toronto Raptors or Tampa Raptors. You can ask mm-hmm. those questions. Training as well. camp starts today. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, we no didn't even mention go. USF had a nice outing against UCF. I mean, I thought they did. You know, there's been various opinions, including one expressed by John Romano, who got a lot of feedback. 
Um, my personal opinion, I, I got to admit, I didn't watch a lot of USF football. I saw a couple games that they played, uh, portions of games, I should say. Um, I thought it was the most positive thing that they've had going. They competed, and not once, not twice, but I think like three times they battled back to within mm-hmm. one score. Mm-hmm. It was a high-scoring game. Well, as you um, and Chris Torello talked about a couple weeks ago. You know, this yeah. team has battled. They, you know, yeah. look, they were dealt a, a, a bad hand with no off season. You got a new yeah. coach, new, you know, assistants, everything else. You didn't right. have a ton of talent in the room, right? But you get no off season. You get no spring practices. None of this stuff. And you come in, and yeah, it, it wasn't a good season. You won one game against the Citadel, and you lost all the others. But mm-hmm. they never gave up. They battled. There's there's yeah. lots of positives to take from this season. Now. You know, at this point, it's all moral victories. But you know, Jeff Scott wasn't brought in. I mean, no, who expected them to go? You know, seven and two this year, or you know, whatever. Well, nobody, nobody. That was that wasn't going to happen, particularly in the American Conference, where you've got teams like UCF and Cincinnati and Memphis and Houston that are doing very well. Um, you know, that conference is, gets keeps getting better and better over time. Um, and the cupboard was just bare here in Tampa for for Jeff Scott. But right. I think there's a lot of positives to take from this season. And seeing some of the young guys play and, and just the way they've competed and battled, it, the team's never given up. And you and Chris talked about it two weeks ago. Yeah. No, I I, I kind of appreciated it. It was an entertaining game. I appreciated their efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, it won't count for much this year, but but going forward, you know, that's how you learn how to win and compete. And UCF had one, has one of the best offenses in the country, so they got to get better on defense. We know that. But um, they were able to run up and down the field with them, which was exciting. So. Um, you know, a lot of work to do in the off season for them. So tomorrow, uh, mailbag questions, uh, submit them to us on Twitter at NFL Stroud, uh, at sports day TB, uh, or you can email me at rstroud at Tampa Bay.com. We'll be happy to answer those. And remember, um, if you're looking for the party platters, cause who isn't right? We got a lot of stuff coming up. If you want to do some catering, um, call our friends at Mr. Empanada. If you haven't had an empanada, please try one. Um, they take your favorite foods. They put them inside this homemade, dough and it's cooked perfectly until it's golden brown they're just delicious you can order menu items from scratch including soup salads and cuban sandwiches online at mrandpanada.com or call any one of their seven convenient locations in tampa bay for steve versnick i'm rick stroud of the tampa bay times have a great day everybody Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.